Locked On Podcast Network and Radio.com present Locked On Today. Are we headed for an all-Big Ten Final Four? Don't overlook the SEC this year, even without Kentucky. Plus, what team in the ACC can bust your bracket? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Big Ten Conference was the best basketball conference in the land this season, and the committee rewarded them with a path to a potentially an all-Big Ten Final Four. Joining me now from Locked On Big Ten, Ben Stevens. And Ben, this was, as I said, just a, a tremendous conference top to bottom and and mostly at the top right there are a a handful of of truly elite teams you could probably pick one of five or six names and say any of them could be a final four team what are you looking at from this top group and and who do you like in their regions because a lot of this is matchup specific too yeah, absolutely. Peter, you bring up a great point. And it is a little bit of a joke, and they do call me Big Ten Ben, and I am the host of the Locked On Big Ten podcast, <laughs> so I acknowledge my bias here. But there is a realistic path to have an all-Big Ten Final Four because the Big Ten Conference has four of the top eight seeds in the tournament where they have two number one seeds in Illinois and Michigan, Illinois being the number one seed in the Midwest region, Michigan in the East, and two of the number two seeds in Iowa being the number two seed in the West, and Ohio State being the number two seed in the South. And if you follow the path I just laid out there, that's all four regions featuring a Big Ten team on the top two seed lines in each portion of that bracket. So it will take a lot to get there, but we could have have an all Big Ten Final Four in downtown Indianapolis like we had this past weekend for the Big Ten Tournament. It's going to take a lot to get there. And when I look at the paths for each of these teams to contend for a Final Four, I think the best shot comes in that Midwest region for the number three overall one seed in the Illinois Fighting Illini. There are some really good teams in the rest of their bracket. They would have to beat Oklahoma State rather in the Sweet 16 and then get past Houston and or West Virginia, the two and three seed respectively, in the Elite Eight game in that regional final to advance to the final four. But I think Illinois is playing the best basketball in all of college basketball right now. That includes Gonzaga. That includes Baylor. And I know I've been on this show in the past praising Michigan. And I still believe Michigan is a final four contender. But right now, as it stands, Peter, I believe the Illinois Fighting Illini will deliver the Big Ten Conference its first national championship in men's basketball in over 20 years. I think Illinois will be cutting down the nets when all is said and done after a national champion has been crowned in early April. Wow, dropping dropping the your national title pick. I loved it. It was interesting to me when the brackets came out. The Blue Bloods were not the same this season. It just seems to me that in terms of wanting to drive eyeballs and the intensity of the fan bases in the Big Ten, that if you spread out the, these, these really good Big Ten teams, maybe you can create some of the excitement that having a Duke a Kentucky or a really good Carolina team could create. What do you think about my conspiracy theory? I mean, the selection committee would never admit it, right? But in a year following a year where we did not have an NCAA tournament, they need the revenue and they need the eyeballs and having the brand names drive all of that in college athletics, especially for the NCAA tournament. So having some of those brand names spread out across the different regions, maybe having some teams on the bubble teeter in with Michigan State and Syracuse, I think that is only a benefit for the NCAA tournament. The selection committee will tell you it's all numbers and metrics based and it 
is for the majority of everything. But I do believe in the brand name idea in a year where we need an NCAA tournament since we did not have one last season. So yes, I think there is credence to that thought and having so many good teams out of the Big Ten Conference, being a part of the top eight seeds overall in the big dance certainly plays a factor in that. Want to beat me this year in March Madness? Play against all your favorite Locked On hosts by entering the ESPN.com Tournament Challenge. Search Locked On Podcast Network and join. Coming up, don't overlook the SEC This Madness. That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. Just because the NFL is over doesn't mean there still are plenty of ways for you to make some money betting on your sports knowledge. And there's one place that has you covered, one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. And right now, when you sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, you will get a 50% welcome bonus. That means they will give you money just for putting money in your account. It couldn't be easier. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. There's NBA to bet on, college basketball. Baseball is going to be here before you know it. Hockey, golf is a blast to gamble on. And when you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you will get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Oklahoma grabs the eight seed in the West. How should Sooner fans feel about their draw? Hey, this is John Williams from the Locked On Sooners podcast. And now we know that the Oklahoma Sooners are in the eight seed and will face the number nine seed, Missouri Tigers. Missouri comes into this matchup having won their opening round matchup against the Georgia Bulldogs in the SEC tournament before falling to the Arkansas Razorbacks in the quarterfinals. Missouri comes in at 16 and nine overall, eight and eight in the SEC. And it'll be a fun matchup that renews an old rivalry as Missouri uh, returns to a, a, a matchup with their former Big 12 days. And the winner of this matchup will have the pleasure, sarcastically, quote, and quote, of facing Gonzaga uh, as the, the tournament's top seed. And uh, it's going to be a tough matchup for Oklahoma. Oklahoma needs to uh, find a way to bounce back after losing five of six to close the season out. But for more on this, make sure you go and subscribe to the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. BYU gets the sixth seed in the East, but they won't know their opponent until the end of the week. Hey everybody, Jay Catch here, host of Locked On Cougars. BYU earning a sixth seed in the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. The Cougars earn the right to face off against the winner of UCLA and Michigan State, who will play in a play-in game for the right to be the 11th seed and face the Cougars on Saturday. Looking forward to this matchup. The Cougars will face off against two of the Blue Bloods of the sport. Kind of a surprising draw for BYU, but an opportunity nonetheless as they will face off against either Tom Izzo's Spartans or the UCLA Bruins. Looking forward to this matchup. BYU has proven all year long that their defense is more than capable of holding teams down. The bigger question will be, can their offense travel with them to the bubble there in Indiana? We're about to find out. I'm looking forward to it. We'll have more on this throughout the week as we get ready for that matchup on Saturday. Keep it locked right here on Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars, proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The first four teams left out of the NCAA tournament are Louisville, Colorado State, St. Louis, and Ole Miss. Because of COVID-19, these teams will replace any team that cannot compete or pulls out of the tournament between now and Tuesday, March 16th. After that, if a team is unable to compete, the other team will advance without having to play a game. It's the first year ever 
that all of the time spent on worrying about who the first four out or the first team out actually matters. The Drew Brees era in New Orleans officially came to an end on Sunday. What is good, everybody? Ross Jackson here with the Locked On Saints podcast. It is official. New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees has officially and publicly announced his retirement. The 20-year veteran will call it quits after 15 seasons with the New Orleans Saints after joining them in 2006 and helping to rejuvenate a historically otherwise struggling franchise and, of course, leading them to hoisting a Lombardi in 2009. And although he never got his second Super Bowl appearance, he will still finish up his career as the career leader in completions as well as passing yardage in second on the charts when it comes to passing touchdowns. This now also allows the New Orleans Saints this offseason to be able to navigate a little bit more freely without any concern of making any signings or moves that might signal Drew Brees' retirement before he's ready to make the announcement. And of course, Drew Brees already playing his role in making sure he has a lasting effect into 2021, taking a near $24 million pay cut earlier on in the season to make sure that the Saints have the room to remain competitive as they move out of the Drew Brees era and potentially into the Jameis Winston era. For more on that and anything else going on with the New Orleans Saints, make sure you subscribe to Locked on Saints podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. Justin Thomas rallied from three shots behind to close with a four under 68 and win the Players' Championship on Sunday. JT was four shots behind when he walked off the green on the par three eighth with a three putt bogey. Four holes later, he walked off the 12th green with a two shot lead. Here is another story you need to know. We have not talked SEC basketball hardly at all, it seems, and potentially because one name is not in the mix. Joining me now from Locked On SEC, Chris Gordy. Chris, how much of the underrating of this conference do you think comes from the fact that Kentucky is just not Kentucky? Well, I, I mean, we're so used to them being here, right? I mean, the two blue bloods that you know are here year in and year out is, is Duke over the ACC and Kentucky in the SEC. And so, yeah, one of those weird years where the COVID and all that really took its uh, toll on you know the John Calipari approach of five guys in, five guys out, five guys in, five guys out, and you know so much to the extent that they just didn't have enough practice time to to really gel, get to know each other, and then you know all the things that develop with team chemistry off the court. You know, uh, hanging out in dorm rooms, playing video games with one another, going on food runs, like all the normal things you would do in a normal college year. Well, you know. Uh, Calipari brings in these guys from all over the country and they just didn't gel well until really late in the year. And by that time it was too late. They had a sub 500 record and they weren't going to the tournament. So we'll see, uh, you know, where they go from here. Obviously a lot of these guys are going to go pro, but um, people may be turning the heat up on John Calipari this year saying, Hey man, we're going on uh, nine years now since you won a national championship. And uh, we'd like to get back to one pretty soon. There is, though, as I mentioned, some really good teams here. And, you know, I, I guess I want to hear how good you think they are because you know, you've got you've got squads like Alabama, Arkansas, um, and, and they've been legit top 10 teams uh, for a lot of the year. How far do you think they can go? And, and, and could they be, you know, not just upset minded, but like, hey, final four teams? You know, if you're filling out your brackets today, and a lot of you will across the country, and you're trying to find, you know, here's the thing. It's easy to just go chalk and put all your one seeds right. in. The The real difficult part is finding those two seeds, three seeds, four seeds that you think can get to the final four. And I think, 
you know, if you're going to put Alabama in your final four or you're going to put Arkansas in your final four, I would have no problem with that. I think you could make a case for both both teams. Alabama, obviously the SEC champs during the regular season, won the SEC championship on Sunday. Uh, you know, LSU had a chance at the buzzer to beat them, didn't get it done. But uh, they have a guy named Herb Jones, who's, who was the SEC player of the year. He can defend any position on the, on the court. And then offensively, Alabama's really fun to watch. Uh, Nate Oates has brought a really fun approach where they take a ton of threes. I think they average around 29 threes attempted a game. They're basically like the Golden State Warriors. If you like Steph Curry and and Clay Thompson, you're going to like Jaden Shackelford and John Petty and these guys at Alabama who love to shoot up three-pointers. So uh, I think Alabama's got as good a chance as anybody. And then Arkansas is kind of the quiet team there that is really complete like Arkansas I've seen them win in multiple different ways this year they can run up and down and shoot well they can slow it down pound it down low they got Justin Smith a big a solid big man uh could pull down boards and attack the rim but Moses Moody was one of the most dynamic freshmen in college basketball this year uh he scored 28 points in their lost LSU over the weekend he has scored 28 points in three of his last four games he's going to be a top 10 lottery pick in the in this year's NBA draft Coach Eric Musselman's done an outstanding job there, and it would not surprise me at all to see if Arkansas was in the Final Four this year. What team in the ACC can bust your bracket? The Q of the Day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is also involved in the madness. You know, it's the best tasting protein bar ever, low calorie. Low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing taste, 100% covered in chocolate. They're doing a bracket. Their bracket right now, they're trying to find the best built bar out there, and you can help us do it. I love, oh my God, I was selling I was selling my dad on yesterday, the coconut brownie. Unbelievable, you guys. It should, it, it's the number one seed, but like it should get a buy to the final four. That's how good it is. And I don't know what else to say. I was not involved in picking the seeds and there should be an investigation because coconut brownie should get a walk to the final four. If you want to weigh in and you should go to builtbar.com or bar underscore built on, on Twitter. Remember, use the promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your next order. This is locked 15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who is winning these matchups and who will become the best tasting protein bar. If you have a favorite, hit me up on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski and let me know. But also, go let us know about the voting in the, the bracket. That's what the bracket is there for. It's a blast. Go check it out. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. Georgia Tech head coach Josh Pashner had plenty to say about the NCAA seating and what happened with the ACC champ. Candace Cooper from Locked on Tar Heels and Locked on ACC is here. And Candace, when you came on last week, we talked about the weirdness in the ACC and the, and the Blue Bloods who were not producing the way that we are used to seeing. But why has the rest of the conference been so overlooked? I, I think overlooked is a strong word, right? I think the turn, the conference as a whole has been really weak. But Georgia Tech, when you look at the conference in and of itself and having to bypass a really good team in Virginia, I think that would have helped their resume for sure if had they beaten them. But it's just one of those things where I think politics lets people get a little past more than the other. So one of the things that I think is going to shock a lot of people, Carolina, your team, they get the eight. Georgia Tech got the nine. 
how much of this is about the brands? Because we're not going to have Duke. We're not going to have Kentucky. Carolina is not what we're used to seeing from Carolina. How concerned are you uh, about interest in this in this tournament because those blue bloods are just not the same. Yeah. Well, I think you can get excited about Carolina, right? They beat a really decent Duke team who eventually went on a roll in the ACC tournament, despite having that COVID case. And then they really won some great games up until that Florida state game, which arguably was a horribly called game, but that's a whole nother story for another day. And then you look at Georgia tech, right? They had Jose Alvarado get hurt. That's one of their guys who he might not be the best player on the team, but he has a lot of injury injury. Well, he, has a lot of energy, excuse me. And so for that fact, I think a lot of people are like, well, is Georgia Tech the real deal? Moses Wright files out of the game. He wasn't as explosive as we're used to seeing. So I think a lot of people saw some growth in Carolina with Armando Baycott, with De'Ron Sharp, with Walker Kessler. He's been having great games. So they're really just trying to see kind of, I mean, it's Carolina, right? So you do get that name in you, but they've also been playing well enough to where they're turning a corner at the right time. Is there a chance for a sleeper team in the ACC? You know, I think that if they call it sleep, I don't even think anybody's a sleeper really in the ACC. Everyone can win on any given night. But, I mean, Syracuse to me would be the one sleeper, right? They've got some really good shooters, and they're coming together, again, at the right time. So Buddy Beheim might give some people some trouble if they, if they don't defend him well. So that would be my one sleeper team. As a Syracuse graduate, um, I have <laughs> a lot of feelings about that. Uh, Buddy Beheim, the first, somehow, the first – Syracuse player, I guess, to be all tournament in the ACC. And we've seen these shooters get hot in the tournament. And all of a sudden, you've got a team going to the Sweet 16 because a guy doesn't miss for a week and a half. Right. Hello, Steph Curry Davidson. Like it could happen for anybody. So we're just excited to see somebody have a great, great tournament. Right. I think it's about time that we just have some feel good stories when it comes to hoops. I hope we get through as many games as possible. Again, we saw a lot of heartbreak at that ACC tournament and it could happen again, unfortunately. And by the way, Candace is not comparing uh, Buddy Beheim to Steph Curry in in terms of the quality of the player. I'm I'm trying to save you right now, Candace, because people will come for you if you start if you start that. I'm I'm just trying to protect you on this. One. <laughs> I appreciate that because I mean at the end of the day, if you can shoot the three, you can shoot the three. So I I mean I see the comparisons, but that's as far as it goes for me. Duke and Kentucky are two teams that won't make the Final Four because both of them will miss the tournament this year not even be in the dance. The last time this happened for both of them was all the way back in 1976. Good news though, two years later, they were both in the NCAA tournament title game with the Wildcats pulling out the win. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Tuesday, the NFL tampering period opens, so free agency sort of does. Who could be off the list? That's coming up, so at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.